Well, Tam, here we are, episode number two. And uh, today we're going to really talk about um, the 25 years that we've had here at LWF. And this is uh, a podcast that's kind of birthed out of the fact that we just recently celebrated our 25 years since 1996 of being pastors here at Living Word. And um, my, 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 things have changed so much over the years and the longevity that we've had. But we did a real talk on that Sunday morning, and there were so many wonderful questions Mm -hmm. and things that people wanted to know that we were unable to address just for the sake of time. We already went over uh, in that, but uh, just want to tell people that if you weren't in that service or you missed that, they can go to lwfdinuba.com, go to our website, and they can uh, watch that broadcast. Um, uh, it, it is highlighted 25 years of ministry or, or whatever. Sure, Real they talk. can go to our website or they can go on our app. Yeah. If uh, they're looking for our app, anybody looking for it, you can. it's on all platforms, uh, Apple as well as Android. You can go to your Uh, app store and just look up living word fellowship dinuba or lwf dinuba and you'll be able to download our app lots of wonderful things on it as well as the live stream on sundays and also the podcast yes that's that's particularly it's not just real talk that's the whole service that they'll be finding so they can forward through that if they want to or watch the entire service it was great service um, yeah, there'll be a lot of answers to questions that we won't, you know, reiterate today. Yeah, but a lot of really good questions. Oh, there were so much, so many good things, wonderful things, and uh, it wasn't just a walk down memory lane. Mm-hmm. There were some really deep, important questions that yeah, people like, asked. What's the secret to the longevity? Yeah. of ministry. Not a lot of pastors. Uh, are in one position for 25 years. That's yeah. kind of a rare thing. So that was fun getting yeah. to talk about that. And and some of the uh, challenges we face, some of the relationships mm-hmm. that have been cultivated over the years and and uh, how that came about and, and, and flourished, uh, particularly with our spiritual mom and dad, Nigel mm-hmm. and Kathy McNeil. But um, uh, so many great things in that. But Today, I wanted to drill down a bit further and answer some of those questions and let's just chat about it. And, okay. and um, one of the questions was this, and I love this, what do we attribute the success of LWF to? Wow. That is... How do you wrap that up in, you know, for 25 years? Right, <laughs> wrap it up right, really quick. Right. I, I would just say, first, what success has not been. Success is never going to be in a program. Mm-hmm, right. It's It's got to be at the core of God putting a vision in our heart mm-hmm. and a dream in our heart and, and walking through that dream. Um, there's a lot of stuff out there about how mm-hmm. to build a church, how to do this, how to do that, how to grow it. And, you know, we just never bought into that. Mm-hmm. Um we were really focused and locked in to the fact that God called us here. Yeah. And if he called us here, then he equipped us to handle 
anything that would come down the pike over the years. He never, he never calls who he hasn't equipped. Mm-hmm. And, and I believe that part of the success of LWF is the fact that God put a vision in our yes. heart from the beginning, and we've stuck to yes. that vision. I think that's huge. That's huge because the vision never changes, and we've been very adamant about that. The vision never changes. Um, the method to get things accomplished, you know, can change. Um, sure, things need to change. You need to stay relevant. You need to stay, um, you know, times change. Things change all around us. Uh, for instance, when we first got here in 1996, the internet was just a new thing, right? It was. It wasn't, hadn't been around very dial long. Up. It was still dial-up. <laughs> you know, um, it was very new. Well, imagine if our methods had stayed the way they had to be right. then, we would totally, we, we wouldn't be doing the podcast, right? Right. right. So methods have to change right. um, all around you. But the vision, you have to stick to the vision. If it was the vision when God called us here, it's still the vision today. Right. right. And we've been very, very faithful to that. I think part two of, of the success has been that we centered this ministry around prayer. Right. Um, we've always had, we still have this thing that we call prayer command center. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was birthed when there were three or four of us mm-hmm. that would get together. Sometimes it was just our family getting together. And, but we had a, a vision in our heart that it would rally people in the church around prayer. And we've had as many as, as 150 people gathering mm-hmm in prayer times in a monthly prayer service that we call prayer Mm -hmm. command center. And, uh, that's been the focal point. We have intercessors within the church that are constantly praying for us and praying for the church. Uh, we have outside intercessors that pray over living word fellowship and, and we're people of prayer. And, and, um, you know, we were up here Saturday night before the service praying, and we used to do that every Saturday night and are kind of getting back to that. But, um, uh, to not just talk about prayer, but be people of prayer. I believe by example in that, Yeah, not just expect the people to pray, but we, they see the example in us. Yeah. We are very much people of prayer. Yeah. And we've always pursued the move of God. Mm-hmm. I think as a church, the success we've had, I can't speak to other churches and, and why they've been successful. I can only say that LWF, um, while I wanted church growth, I wanted the move of God. Right. We wanted right. the move of God. We, mm-hmm. we were birthed in the move of God, mm-hmm. and 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 we're not going to dance with somebody else. Right. We're going to dance with who brought us and what our passion is. And I know God has called us to be a part of a great end-time revival, and revival should be in every local church. Right. And there should always be a move of God going on. It doesn't mean that you're going to be swinging from the rafters every single service. Of course, you've got to have times of teaching and training and, and uh, information that is given and, and, and just instruction in righteous living as the, as the word is there for. And, and you got to understand the seasons of a church, too. But all of it is always centered around 
Holy Spirit does not take second place in our services and in our meetings. Holy Spirit is first place. And and we have always kept that Mm -hmm. as the center of the focus. God, what do you want to do in this service? Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that is part of the key to the success, too, of LWF. I would add one more thing, though. Our focus has always been on the whole family, mm-hmm. on children, and leaving a legacy of our faith to the next generation. Right. And so we've always had, from the beginning, we have strived, even though it was just a handful of people, mm-hmm. to have great children and youth ministries. One of the mm-hmm first things we did was bring in Scott and Tammy Stringer as our youth pastors. Yeah, and people didn't understand why we were hiring a youth pastor. When we had when, four or five kids. Yeah, I don't even know that we had four or five at the yeah, time. Yeah, But that's been important to us, you know, just like kids ministry, the same thing. Yeah. It's important to us um, that, you know, these ministries go forward, you got to plan for them. You don't wait till they're there and then you got to figure out what to do with them. You plan for it. Yeah. We planned ahead of time for it. And I believe that in any successful church, you have got to be generational and bridging the gap of the generations Mm -hmm. that are there. We have people with silver hair Mm -hmm. and no hair (laughs) and, and, and we have young adults and we have uh, uh, middle-aged where we're at in life. and uh, But we also have a dynamic youth ministry. Did you see all those graduates up there That's last wonderful. Sunday? It was amazing mm-hmm. to see how many are just graduating out of high school mm-hmm. that are a part of LWF that we're mm-hmm. honoring, of course, out of college and university as well. But we have equal number of kids that were graduating out of junior high going into mm-hmm. senior high. And then, and then all the way down to grade school and to the nursery. I mean, and we start ministering to people, to children, when they're in the cradle. Right. I mean, we even, don't you just know, babysit our kids. Right. Even in our kids' ministry, like we are um, a what's kind of termed as a cell-based church, which is, just means we have small groups. Um, and small groups have always been very important to us to the point that even in children's ministry, as well as youth ministry, as well as college ministry and into adulthood, every one of those areas and departments, um, we have small groups Mm -hmm. and all of them, we teach the children already that, you know, a small group getting together and doing life together is mm-hmm. very, very important. So we do that from the beginning. Sure. Because and the kids are important and training them is important. So we don't wait till they're adults to get them in the habit, you know, of, of having community. Right. Right. Getting together and having accountability and right. um, others iron sharpening iron. Right. We train them from the very beginning because from the very beginning, everyone is very important. Really, that's become the culture of LWF, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that it starts young, mm-hmm. starts even in preschool. Then it goes to our children, mm-hmm. then our youth, our young adults mm-hmm. sequence. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do small groups yep. and connect every there. area yeah then we have men's groups and women's groups and it carries mm-hmm. we call it the net or the network the men's net the women's net but that carries throughout mm-hmm. because we need community and then the success and the growth is when 
you're in community with other believers and you're learning and you're growing and your mm-hmm. iron sharpens iron, yep. the Bible says, and the countenance of a friend does yep. that. And so there's got to be not just accountability, but there's got to be that uh, that sharpening of one another in the growth of the church. And then you invite other people into community mm-hmm. because the world is looking for that. The world, the, the lost are needing to belong somewhere. And I believe that that's been a big part of the success of LWF. Mm-hmm. There's there's a, a gazillion other things. We've staffed it for growth. We've we've always been forward thinking and visionary thinkers. Uh, and there's so much that we could dive into in that and do a whole podcast on that alone. But um, one... I'm I would like to say though I think there are about I can think of three more areas that are super important. Okay. One, I think, um, that has been very much so helped the success of Living Word. Number one is transparency. Mm. Um, You know, you have to be real. You have to be real. And I think sometimes it's very uncomfortable. Yeah. Right? To be real, it's very uncomfortable for people to know that you've fought the same battles they're fighting. And you're not just talking out of a book. Right. Right? You have lived it. We've applied the Word. And we've seen how... Uh, it can change your life. It has changed. The word has changed our marriage. The word has changed our family. The word has changed our church. The word has changed us individually. Right. There, you know, so when we are very real and people understand, uh, I think of things like, um, I know uh, things we have faced with our children um, medically even, mm-hmm. right? Uh, when we have other people who come along who have, faced or facing something medically with a baby we know you went through it yes and and we're able to minister to them and it brings life to them and they learn to trust you they learn that you know they can rely on you they can come to you in a time of need and you really will understand right what they're going through so i think that's important transparency I, I, let me let me drill mm-hmm. down on that for just a second because it, it, it's so important we were transparent mm-hmm. before it was a thing yes right now there's this big buzz phrase in churches and with pastors authenticity mm-hmm. we didn't call it that yeah but really we were authentic we were real mm-hmm. i've said for years and years we just got to keep it real yep because i got weary when i was a kid and when i was a young man in in breaking into ministry of looking at pastors who were up on some kind of pedestal mm-hmm. and i and i i would think they don't put their pants on any different than i do mm-hmm. i mean they're all real people but they were almost like untouchable and unthinkable. And like everybody had this mindset that preachers are out on the golf course and they live this, this, this amazing life where everything is bliss and wonderful. And life just isn't that way. We have to work through it. I'm anointed to preach it, but I'm no more anointed than anybody else to To live live it it. and to walk it out. And so I just wanted to drill down on that, that we, we were authentic before authenticity was a thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we've just made that the practice over mm-hmm. many years. People know we've had marriage problems years gone by. Mm-hmm. We've had finance problems. We were homeless for a while. People know all of our stuff. 
because we let them into our lives. Mm -hmm. And I think the success of a church is how much the pastors, the lead pastors, as well as the rest of the staff Mm -hmm. can be, can do life with their people. And that makes it desirable for people in the community to come and say, Hey, I want to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so that's, yeah, I I think that's been a big part of. So I think another part of it, that was one out of the three, the second one would be accountability. Mm -hmm. We've made sure that we've stayed very accountable. Um, the people are safe. You know, we have a a thing here. Remember that they are welcomed, loved and safe. That's right. They feel safe. Um, so, in doing so, we have to make sure we are accountable. Right. I know you have a famous phrase that you always say, a man not accountable to someone is dangerous to everyone. Yep. And we live by that. Yep. That's not something that you just say. We actually live that. So we stay accountable. Um, we do have an accountability board, you know, that um, we can rely on. Thank God they don't have to be used. Very, I think one time. Uh, was and it really wasn't even on accountability. It was a doctrine thing. Someone had a question, um, so uh, I think that's been really a part of success as well. Making sure we are truly, truly accountable. Yes, yeah. not just out there with no covering. Right. Um, you know, while we're not a part of a denomination, we're you know interdenominational. We're non-denominational. However you want to put it, we still have covering. How can I cover people? Yes. How can we cover people yes. if we ourselves That's are right. uncovered? It's not Who even possible. Us? That's right. And and protects yeah. them ultimately. So I think that's been a big thing sure. too, sure. right? You can't have success without accountability. Yeah. You're going to go wrong somewhere, right? But right. just knowing that you have that accountability makes a big difference. And then finally, the third thing is no compromise. Yeah. You do not Amen compromise the word for anyone or anything. And in 25 years, you, no one can tell me that no one is going to face a time where you have a chance to be an opportunity per se to compromise, right? Compromise the word, compromise your, um, values, compromise, you know, just compromise in general, right? At some point in time, you're going to be faced with that. And I can think of several things throughout the 25 years that we've had that opportunity arise. And I remember saying to you on one particular time, I remember saying, God will walk us through this. If we compromise, yeah, we may keep a handful of people, right? That were very important, Mm -hmm. like as far as financially, things like that. And it was, a boy, you sit back and you look at it, but you're like, no, we cannot compromise here. Right. God, you will see us through because we did what's right. Right. We don't compromise the word and we can rely on you. And it works. It works. You, we just don't compromise. Right. Don't compromise. I, I've and I think said that's a so huge part times. of long, longevity. Yeah, right? I agree. And, and one of the things that was birthed out of that mindset was, a statement I made in the pulpit, what you compromise to keep, yes, you're certain to you're lose. You're sure to lose, sure. And uh, I preached that many years ago and, and coined that phrase mm-hmm. that we have continued with. Yep. 
uh, for many years because it's truth. It's yep. it's real. It's relevant. It's it's where we live. It brings us to another question that people faced or people people asked, and it was this: What are some of the greatest challenges you faced? And I mm. wanna I'll, I wanna say on that. The challenge, I think the biggest challenge was, for me, was times where I was faced with compromise. Mm -hmm. And we chose not to. Yeah. The challenges we faced where people were pressuring me. I'll give you, I'll give you two or three examples because this happened over the years. One was when I was going for it, and we've always gone for it with, with the word being the centerpiece. And people said, well, if you weren't so um, strong in that and you water that down a little bit, we'd get more people. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, we're not three points in a poem yeah. and out the door. This yeah. isn't Reader's Digest. I'm not compromising that. Well, the services are too long then, and and so I'm going to go somewhere else. And I'm like, you know, I know there's... But you a, know how many people we've kept because yeah. the services have the depth. They're not three points in a poem. Here's you know? the thing. Crackers and cheese is not going to carry people through life. Yeah. Can't sustain you the, the word may make you feel good on a Sunday morning for an hour, but if you compromise mm-hmm. that... Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, an hour and 15 in and out. And in an hour 30, we're bringing a whole new crew in. I could have played that game. We could have played that game. But it's not who we are. Right. And it's not who I want to be. And that's and not we've to been, slam other people. No, right? it's not. It, but, but it's not who God's called us to be. Right, right. And therefore, for us, it would be compromised. Right, right. And so, yeah, I don't mean that to bash anybody else, but... I just couldn't compromise yeah. that. Another compromise was uh, don't talk about finance. Yeah. Don't talk about one. money. Yeah. You'll be known that way. And I'm like, Teachers no. You're already known for finances are where journey. people live. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. live with that scenario. Yeah. And, they, and, and what drove us here in this community when we started was the fact that so many people were in poverty. Mm-hmm. And I want to get people out of poverty to productivity. Mm-hmm. I believe poverty is a spiritual thing as well. Mm-hmm. And and people can get locked into that or a poverty mindset. You can be driving brand new cars and live in brand new home yeah, and still, still have, have a poverty yes. mentality. Yep. And And I needed to teach people the generosity of the gospel, mm-hmm. tithing and giving and stewardship. Yeah, and, there's a reason why yeah. Jesus talked more about money than anything. That's right. And people don't understand that. Like, this is a very real issue yeah. that that even Jesus knew, you know, Jesus knew how important it was going to be for people to understand the the um, effect that finances can yeah. have on you. Yeah. Sometimes bad, sometimes good. You got to learn the difference. You got to learn how to manage it. Yeah. He wants, uh, you know, God wants us prosperous. It's all throughout the word. He does not want us broke, busted, and disgusted, right? He wants us prosperous. Yeah. But we have to learn all of the aspects of prosperity. Right. Right. There's right. stewardship as part of it, too. Right. So, how do you 
just want to talk about prosperity, but not deal with the stewardship aspect. Right. So teaching people on finance is so very, very Absolutely. important. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And and then there was the compromise, and I won't get into the detail of this uh, for the sake of privacy, but there was a compromise that was brought, many compromises that were brought doctrinally. Mm -hmm. If you change your stance on this, we'll right. stay. Right. But if not, we're leaving. Mm -hmm. And 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 I just can't go there. Yeah. Because again, what you compromise to keep, you're mm -hmm. certain to lose. Yep. And we stood on that principle yep. when it was easy. Yes. And it was small and we had nothing really to lose. Mm -hmm. And we stuck to it when we were in this building right. and and had this massive payment and massive mm -hmm. mortgage and everything. Yeah. And and people were, you know, it was a tight ship. It was really, really tight financially. And we couldn't afford to lose anybody. But I couldn't afford to compromise. Yes. And so never ever afford to yeah, compromise. Yeah. So to me, those were the greatest challenges. Mm -hmm. uh, that fight. Yeah, for me, I would say probably the biggest thing, and a lot of it has to do with my personality, right? I'm a, for those that are uh, familiar with Enneagram, I am a one, which that means I'm a perfectionist. Um, and I don't like to be wrong. I don't like to hurt anyone. It, it bothers me deeply, deeply to know that I've hurt someone. Mm -hmm. Like that's really hard for me to get past. Um, to the point that I would almost just dwell on it over and over and obsess to the point, you know, of not wanting like to make it right. Mm -hmm. Right. I, I need to make sure I didn't hurt you. So that's my personality. So there have been many times throughout the ministry that, um, especially, you know, throughout these last 25 years that there have been, you know, not everybody sees things the way you see them. Sure. Right. As well as um, when you're dealing with a lot of people's lives, uh, there's a lot of privacy that has to be in there. Um, you know, uh, everyone who comes in for counseling appreciates the fact that they have privacy with us, right? Mm -hmm. But when somebody is wanting information, you know, another right. person is wanting information or wanting you to understand their side of something um, and you have information that needs to remain confidential. Right. You can't divulge that, right? You you can't divulge that. So when people don't understand that and they don't want to see, how do I say this? They don't want to um, understand that they may not know all of the pieces right. of how that right. decision was made. Right. Um, when people don't trust you on that and you're doing your dead level best right. to make sure and people turn on you. Right. right. So then when they or they misunderstand something, they misstate something right. out of hurt in their own sure. lives. A lot sure. of times, honestly, it's sure. Um, you know, people we look through glasses, you know, according to what's going on in our in our surroundings. Right? right. So a lot of times people get hurt over something, but never come and tell you. Mm -hmm. Right. And so then but you you know it, you see it. And you deal with the repercussions mm -hmm. of that. That has been personally super hard for me yeah. because of my personality. Like yeah. I want to make it all right. Yeah. I want to make, you know, so just that I think that's been a really right. big struggle for me yeah. in the 25 years of ministry because I just want, I just want everybody happy. Yeah. And <laughs> you know, I want to make sure that all is well in the kingdom. Yeah. And you know, 
I think in my younger years, I was more of a, well, I used to say, and it was a terrible thing to do, you don't like it, coffee and donuts to go. Yeah. And and I came across, even though internally it used to bug me so bad and hurt me so deeply when somebody would leave, but um, leave the church mm-hmm. and go elsewhere or, or what have you, or leave offended or upset. Um, but as years went on, I think I, I balanced that out. And I didn't come across so harsh. I I came across firm in the pulpit with the words. Mm -hmm. But trying to be understanding of people and where they were. But uh, it's a tightrope because there are certain things you just can't tell everybody. That's right. That are going on because of the privacy of others. Mm -hmm. And I've had to say to somebody, do you want me to air your dirty laundry to other people? Of course not. And so... We had to make decisions of what we knew behind Mm -hmm. the scenes many times with the church that people had a very narrow focus and viewpoint and only their perspective of. Mm -hmm. And and they couldn't trust us with the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. The beauty of 25 years in one place is that time tells. Yes. Time tells the tale. And, and we've navigated through some of those difficult mm-hmm. waters and seasons of the church and people's lives mm-hmm. to then they look back and now they can say, oh, I can see the wisdom in that decision. Sure. I can see why you did that now. And uh, yeah, at the time I couldn't talk mm-hmm. to you about it, but it was important. Mm-hmm. And so, so yeah, that's, that's been probably some of the greatest challenges. There've been many, many over 25 years Um, But it's given us the opportunity to grow. Yeah. You know, I've had to learn my personality. I've had to learn why that bothers me um, and have an opportunity to help grow through that. So if I had any regrets, I would say it's how I maybe handled some of those hurts, you know, like internally, not listen, sometimes I wish I could have not said some things that I said, honestly, nobody's ever, you know, perfect in that and I wish that uh out of, you know sometimes like I'm no different than anybody else so sometimes I will speak out of hurt we as well up. so I wish you know some of those things you could take back deal with it differently learn you know I wish I had known more about my personality back 25 years ago that certainly would have helped yeah. you know throughout the years um but you know we grow through that we learn and like you said the beauty of 25 years though is that people not only you know we have an opportunity to grow through things but people also have the opportunity to really learn us yeah and know eventually those that have been with us for a really long time now are to you know the point of saying there has to be more to this because that's not them sure Sure. You know, that that's yeah. not when someone wants to come against us. Yeah. No, that's not them. There's more to and this. People are always not not everybody, but there are always people. Let me rephrase that. Not people are always there are always people mm-hmm. that are looking to find something. Yeah. And to mm-hmm. make something of nothing. Yeah. And um, there's there's another question that came our way. And it was this. I got two more that I, I'd like for us to drill down on a little bit. Um, one is, is there anything you would do differently? 
And what when I, I heard said. this, <laughs> actually, what yeah, I just said, you yeah. know, I would, I would not take things. I would try to take things more with a grain of salt than to let it fester for so long in me. Like I, I would really, I don't even know how to really put that in words to be honest with you, but because I think it affected our children, um, you know, some not so wise decisions throughout the years is probably not the best thing in the world to let people that you're trying to work through issues like come and live in your home, yeah. you know, yeah. when you have children, <laughs> you know, those are things that you regret and you don't regret. Right. Like it you know, affected our kids. It I did. mean, there were things that we did in the in the light of ministry mm-hmm. from that, youthful zeal. To, yes, to be honest, yes. our heart zeal. was in the right yes. place, but but I think our priorities mm-hmm. at times um, uh, we we struggled to work out those priority yeah. because you know there are many pastors, senior pastors, pastor lead pastors that. Um, they're almost married to the church mm-hmm. and then their wife, you know, the, the church can become the other woman in a man's right. life if he's not careful. We always tried to, because we work together mm-hmm. uh, so much in ministry, that wasn't so much a problem. But where I think our kids behind, I think yeah. where it was a problem was remember we were pioneering. Yes. We, we, in the beginning, we couldn't road. be gone a single Sunday. Right. We felt like the whole place was going to fall apart if we weren't there on a weekend. Sure, and um, we didn't know then what that was going to produce the next weekend, Mm -hmm. right? And so I think some of our fears caused us not to take more time with our family, and I regret that. I think that was a huge mistake. Um, oh, we were at the boys' ball games and stuff like that, and sporting events and various uh, things like that. But, but I think we could have been better parents in the midst. It's a of hard that. balance, um, you know, from the kids' perspective. They are boys. They, their parents were their pastors too. Yeah. For all these years, yeah. and um, that's not, you know, that's. That's tough on a kid. Yeah. That's really tough on a kid. And when you're right in the middle of that, as young as we were too in the beginning, when you're right in the middle of that, you don't really see that. Yeah. You don't really see how it's going to affect them in the long run. Yeah. Right. So being there, more making a clear separation. Yeah. Pastor, parent. Yeah. Right. And making clear separations yeah. and not running the two together. I think was kind of an important yeah. thing that I wish we had uh, really mastered that a little, yeah. not a little better, but a lot, better. a lot better. Yeah. yeah. Our kids turned out great. Yes. You know, but some of that wasn't because of decisions we made. It was almost just God's mercy and grace over it. And, uh, and the kids knew our heart. Yeah. That's the one wonderful thing in it. But, um, but yeah, I, I have those regrets. I, I think one of the things I would have done differently from a, the church standpoint, uh, as I've had all these years to look back on it, uh, there's not a lot, but there are a few. One of the key things I would not have done 
is when we moved into this building and we had uh, everybody was tired because we'd been mobile mm-hmm. and because we had been going as um, cell-based church where lots of responsibility is put on our on our what are now growth group leaders mm-hmm. cell group leaders and they were really like spiritual parents mm-hmm. over different groups which is totally biblical um, in in doing it that way and the growth was enormous in the church and when we got to this building I wish I had had a better handle on um, balancing out the weariness of people mm-hmm. because it was so hard work to get here and letting them rest Mm-hmm. but not compromising the integrity of that ministry. And we changed the focus of cell groups to try to make it easier on everybody, right? right? And and again, what you compromise to keep, you're certain yeah. to lose. And what we did was we compromised the integrity of the m- purpose and the reason behind it. Mm-hmm. And so the heart of our leaders was not nearly as sharp, and it began to display throughout the ranks. And it's showing up really strong in men's net now network. And, and so it was a decision, and I'm not sure what the right decision was. Something right. needed to be done. Yeah, that was but, a very difficult but, decision. But I think if there's anything I would do differently, it would be that. But I don't know what the differently is, you right. know, if that's mm-hmm. fair. And, and I mean, that's real. I, I, I haven't sat down to, I have sat down and thought about it, but I haven't come up with what would have been the right solution. And so now, I, Andy Stanley said something one time. He said, be careful of the decisions you make because you don't know the ripple effect mm-hmm. down the line. It will have an effect. You just don't know what that is. So when you go to make changes in the structure and the dynamic of ministry and, and or anything in life, man, when you go to make changes, try to consider what the ripple effect of that is going to be because to be it would be naive to believe it's not going to have some sort of effect. Mm-hmm. And the key is to think that through in those changes of direction and those changes of, of um, ministries or whatever you do, even staffing changes, all kinds of things. So, so there are things that I wish we had done differently. That would be probably the number one thing for me. Mm-hmm. So there's one more question I wanted to hit, and this is loaded. Oh, no. Here we go. <laughs> How do you want to be remembered? And what will be your legacy? And and the way that's phrased, what will be your legacy? I don't know that anybody can answer that. Uh, what will be my legacy? I don't know. What will be our legacy? I don't know. I can answer what I hope, perhaps, that it will be. And uh, there was something about hitting 25 years. 
and then the year we had with COVID and uh, in 2020 and me almost dying in the hospital and mm-hmm. and um, nearly losing my life and, and, and a lot of changes. And I told my guys in my group the other night, um, it COVID drove me into a deep reality check and and uh, assessment time. What I believed, what I was preaching, the 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 future of the church, my future, what's that look like? Because when you come face to face with death, you are forced to imagine the rest of life without you. Mm-hmm. And you're gone now. And so this question of legacy is something that I really drill down deeper into. And um, I think I want to be remembered as a pastor who loved the flock and would not compromise the word and and um, led people. I was faithful. Mm-hmm. I was faithful, and I led people through storms, and I didn't quit. I want to be the guy that's remembered as the guy that would never quit, never give up. I wanted to. <laughs> Many times I did. But, but um, and it's not about, I don't want to be remembered as the guy that took him from a uh, little bitty church of falling apart building to one of the nicest buildings, in fact, the nicest building in all of our city and maybe even in this immediate region, uh, in the small town surrounding us, that, that's something, but that's not what I want to be remembered for. And uh, the legacy, I think my kids, my family is my legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, the church will come, the church will go, but my family is my first place of leadership. Mm-hmm. And, and what my boys and their families and my grandchildren become. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the legacy of a, of a man, I believe. And of course, it's not just me, it's you. We're together in this. But um, I don't know, something you want to add to that? I'd say for me personally, I mean, there's stuff, you know, for me personally, there's stuff for us together as pastors. But um, for me personally, I want to really be remembered as someone, a woman that loved Jesus with every ounce of my being. Yeah. That I always made decisions according to the word, that I wasn't one to compromise, Mm -hmm. and that I could lead someone into the presence of the Lord. Yeah. Amen. That That I could... You know, teach someone how in their worship time to go straight into the presence of the Lord and that I could cultivate that in a person's life. Um, And also, too, that I want to be known, I want to be remembered as a person who did not give up on people. Amen. Amen. But that could see someone that needed a second or a third or a fourth chance and always believed in them to see them 
become who God desired them to be. That I didn't look at their past, you know, and let that define them, but that I could look past that and see who God really created them to be and disciple them to become that person. Um, When I think about a legacy that's left, obviously my, my boys, uh, my grandchildren, those are very important, um, very important. I want, you know, I think about your um, ancestry. We've done a lot of, a lot of work, you know, I've dug very deep into your ancestry. And the thing that just always amazes me and I just love so much is hearing in history, like not just other people's opinions, but literally books from history written. books yeah, sure. um, about your line, mm-hmm. direct line. Um, of the Wallaces that, you know, one of it, one of the things that talking about um, Reverend John Wallace, your five times great grandfather, in writing about him, someone wrote, uh, there's not a generation that a pastor did not, a preacher did not come forth. Mm. Right. And, and it's like, wow, how amazing is that? That that's an incredible legacy about, you know, they don't give up. Right. Like they, they preach the un you know, uncompromising word. And when those kind of things are written, like, wow, how incredible is that? Yeah. I want people to be able to say that about me. Yeah. Like that that's what's left from me is that I didn't compromise. Yeah. And that I was faithful to the word and I was faithful to believe that God can change yeah. someone and transform real life transformation. Yeah. Right. And that I lived that. That's right. And that's right. really important to me. So in addition to my children, my grandchildren for legacy, I also want the Anita Lopez's. Yeah. Yeah. Come right? on. That's so true. The, um, you know, those that have just come along and watched, you know, we were able to take them through an encounter weekend and they followed up in post encounter and they absorbed the word. They took it. And we taught them, you know, to live it, to work out that salvation, right? And walk through life with And them. watch them yeah. transform. I mean, Anita yeah. came to us a mess. Yeah, yeah. So and many did. now, yeah. all these years later, she's sure. our children's pastor. Sure. How amazing is yeah. that? I mean, that's like, that's a legacy that I... I want to live forever. Amen. I want those stories, not just Anita. Like we could go down the line, right? Sure. So, but so many, so many. And I, I love it when, you know, there are those in our congregation that um, don't call me Pastor Tammy. They call me Mama Tam. Yeah. And I love that because to Mama me, that's, Tam and I'm Papa building Mark. legacy. Yeah. Right. I'm yeah. building legacy. And I love it when they feel that comfortable to say you're speaking into my life and I look to you as mama. I look to you as mama Tam. That's a legacy. That's beautiful. And I wouldn't change that for the world. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, There's so much more we could talk about. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, when you were bringing that up of, of not giving up on people, that's a whole podcast in itself because it's, it's not just about not giving up on them. But it's where's the balance in that too? Yes. And and I've learned that over the years. 
Um, I can't want somebody's marriage to work more yes, than they do, right. Yep. right? And I can't make the decisions for them, and I can't stay up all night long worrying yes. whether they're going to make the right decision. You know, as a parent, as a, as a physical parent, we've all been up late at night wondering, okay, is my child safe? Are they coming mm-hmm. home at the right time and, mm-hmm. you know, in the right shape and all that yep. good stuff, right? I raised three boys, but, but um, I think you kind of adopt that as a good pastor. You adopt that over the flock, but I have learned to balance that out because unlike my biological kids and even with them, I've had to say they're grown men. Yeah. They have to make the decisions mm-hmm. for themselves. I've poured into them, and I can only hope that they make the right choices yes. for their future and for their family. Mm-hmm. And and I had to come to that same place with our spiritual kids. Sure. And, and the people that God has placed o- uh, us over is that, yeah, I want to walk. I'll go through fire with them. Sure. I will stand in their corner and fight with them and for them. But I can't do it f- in place of them. Right, right. They, they have, have to, to fight too. Yes. They can't sit on the sideline while I'm doing the fighting Come for their them. family yeah. and their life, right? And and so getting people to own responsibility for themselves mm-hmm. has been one of the challenges, but also one of the joys when people do that. Yeah. And you watch God work in their lives, and they are so transformed. And um, I just want to add... I think one of the most frustrating times in ministry is when you see people shoot themselves in the foot. Yeah. You see all this potential and they keep going back. Yep. They keep going back or they lose hope Don't or they lose back. sight. But here's the one thing I have had the privilege because of our longevity. I see people today yeah. that I saw when they first came to Christ mm-hmm. and I watched them walk away. Yes. And I watched them them wander around in the wilderness of life Mm -hmm. and then come back and say, wow, I've wandered off, but there's nothing out there for me. And I've come back to the Lord. And that is such a joy. And then we get to watch them flourish and grow. Because now they're doing so good. Become completely a different person. The person we knew was in there. Yeah. Right? And we get to watch them grow and well, that answers a lot of questions, a lot of yeah. stuff. There's more here that we could delve into, but, you know, for the sake of time, maybe we have to stop somewhere. Maybe we'll <laughs> right, do that another time. So um, it's been a great time. Yeah. Enjoyed uh, visiting with you and talking about it, reminiscing and evaluating some of that. But I'm really looking forward to what God has in the future, though. Yes. 25 years. I appreciate looking back. But looking back does not change that I'm looking forward. Yep, let's go. Let's do it. God's <laughs> yeah. got bigger and better mm-hmm. and brighter things for us in our future than we've ever dreamed. For yeah. eye is not seen, ear is not heard, never entered into the heart of man. God says the great things I have in store for him. Yep. So uh, I love you, babe. I love you too.